0: Hey, thanks so much for stopping by the Roar Church Podcast. This is Pastor Anthony. We're believing that today's gonna be a great day. Let's jump in today's message. Come on, it's a good day to worship Jesus. Aren't you glad that we are in the house of the Lord? I'm so excited to be with you guys today, this weekend. I know it's gonna be great. Before we jump in, just let me tell you this. Uh, Many of you know that Brittany and I are taking some time uh, to, to, to breathe again, to get a little breath. Uh, Because of what we know God has in store, not only for ourselves personally, but what God has in store for our church. So we are taking some time doing a little sabbatical, and we are here in Ohio. You know, I laughed with the team this week. I said, I don't know how many pastors that get to do a sabbatical, but yet they still get to preach every week. (laughs) So uh, the one thing is for sure, you know, I I find such rest in doing what we're doing, even though uh, it is a sabbatical Uh, there's healing and still in preaching the word there's healing uh and doing that side of things and you know for us personally most people would ask well then what was the point of the sabbatical can I just tell somebody and tell you uh preaching is is not what tires you uh it's the the day-to-day stuff and uh not only that like we said last week as we were praying for our families and for our children. this sabbatical was more about them than it was about us and one thing that we believe and that we will constantly keep in the forefront of our church is family's got to come first it's not a platform it's not preaching a gospel message the greatest gospel message that we can preach is how we live our lives to our children you know it's the relationship of the father and the son and the son to the father and so uh, i know this week's going to be great britney Spoken a, a, an incredible word this past Wednesday. And I'm going to carry that on not only uh, today, but Wednesday. And then I'm going to finish it up possibly on Saturday, us still talking about prayer. But before we jump into the word, why don't we stand for the reading and stand for prayer? And um, we're going to open up our Bibles today to Acts 12. Acts 12. As we continue this series entitled prayer, we have spoke on this many times and you know, one of the greatest things that we can live in our lives is a healthy prayer life. I don't believe this is a teaching that, you know, you, you get to preach this message and it continues and, or, or, or it stops. It's a, it's a message that is constant. It's a message that constantly has to be in the forefront of our lives because truth of the matter is, this is what shows our relationship with Christ. You want to show somebody with a healthy a walk with Christ, I'll show you somebody that has a healthy prayer life with Christ. And so, uh, today's going to be great. Um, but before we jump into all that, let's jump into the Word Acts chapter 12, we're going to start in verse 5. And we're going to read to about verse 12. And if you can, stand up the reading of the word all of our roar house parties all of our roar groups that's gathering with people right now I know God's going to do something great tonight I'm excited Uh, the worship was already powerful uh, but I believe God really has something in store for us tonight and and at the end of the message I have a prophetic word that I want I want to release and um, I'm excited about what God is doing Uh, I'm fired up and before let me just say this I feel like I'm bouncing around a little bit. I'm in a new territory, uh, so I'm trying to get my, my feel. But before we jump into the, to the, the reading of the word, I do want to tell um, Pastor Ray and Stratford Heights, this beautiful church, for allowing us uh, to film in here. We are in their youth facility, and I'm just going to be really honest with you. I wish it was our, uh, our main facility. This place is absolutely amazing, it is beautiful, Um, man. God is blessing them in really, really, really cool ways, uh, but that also is because of, of of who Pastor Ray is, and I'm sure while we're here, we will get an opportunity uh, to hear him at some point in time. I'm going to have him speak. I'm going to put him on the spot because he meant so much to not only myself, but he's meant so much to Brittany. Uh, that was basically, I don't want to say her fill-in dad, but it basically was her dad uh, as she was growing up, and so... He's a great man, and, uh, but let's jump into the word today. Acts chapter 12, verse 5 reads like this. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying for God, for him. Read that again. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. Verse 6. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains. uh, Sentries stood guard at the entrance, and suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared, and the light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him. Quick, get up, he said, and the chains fell off of Peter's wrist. Verse 8, then the angel of the Lord said to him, put on your clothes and sandals, and Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea what the angel was doing uh, was really going to happen. He thought he was seeing a vision. And in verse 10, it goes on to say, they passed the first and second guards and came to an iron gate leading them to the city. And it opened itself before them. And it opened into the city. It opened for them by itself, Scripture tells us. And when it happened, it says they went through it. It Goes on to say, when they had walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel of the Lord left him. Then Peter came to himself and said, now I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent his angel to rescue me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were doing and that what hoping would happen. Verse 12, when the day had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, where many people had gathered and they were praying stand to your feet if you're not already standing and let's pray father i thank you for today what you're getting ready to do i thank you that the miracle that we're looking for is coming our way. Father, I thank you for great teachings, great illustrations like we're going to jump in today just on prayer, and I thank you, God, that you're you're giving me your words to speak and not the words that I want to speak, and Father, I pray for every person that's watching today that their souls and their spirits would be encouraged in the mighty name of Jesus, and everybody in the house today said, amen, amen, amen. The life of prayer is what we're talking about. Brittany spoke on Wednesday and and she she spoke about finding my father. How many years she was looking for something that was already near her. But Brittany had a a great line and and I want to build off of it today. And she said, prayer is to your father is not distant, but it's the very person. Uh, And prayers that are prayed are prayers, or, or excuse me, Answered prayers are prayers that were prayed. Prayers that were answered were prayers that were prayed. Say that again. Prayers that are answered are prayers that are prayed. But in order to pray the right prayers, you've got to be praying to the right person. And in Acts 12. Peter was getting ready to be killed. James had already been killed. James and Peter were were in a season and a time, uh, Acts chapter 12 is telling us, where the governors and the priests and everybody was out for them because they were spreading the gospel. James had already been murdered. He was taken away. Peter was waiting on his his time to come. And and the Jewish people, the reason why Herod did this was it was to justify no reason but just to keep them quiet, to make them happy. And so he figured, you know what? James is already dead. You know, I've made them happy. They seem to be getting off my back. But now let me go and kill Peter and get this thing over with. maybe they'll like me a little more. Maybe they'll uh, invite me back to come back for another term or something like that. You know it's amazing. The more that we try to go after Christians, the more that I keep seeing God go after them. The more I keep seeing the God that is rising up inside of us, the more I keep seeing what the church is really made of. We're not a church that's defined by a four walls, but we are a church that is defined by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Peter is here locked in prison, waiting for his death, waiting for, 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 for his time to go and finally meet Jesus because he was spreading the gospel. But there are three things that I want to take away from today. This isn't a very long message because it's very much to the point. But the thing that we need to understand immediately off the top of this hand is this. It says, so, Peter was kept in prison, but the church, who's the church? That's you and I. But the church was earnestly praying. What's it mean to earnestly pray? It means to fervently pray. What's it mean to be fervent in your prayer? What's it mean to be uh, uh, um, in, in this thing called an uh, earnest prayer? It means to come with a sincere, intense conviction in fact the webster's dictionary says it like this with sincere and intense conviction semicolon seriously that means when you're coming to god we should be coming to him with some serious business prayer is not just uh father now i lay me down to sleep i pray the lord my soul to keep and if i die before i wake i pray the lord my soul to keep." That, that that should not be our only prayer That should not be the only time that we talk to Jesus. And I don't wanna get it twisted because I know we have a lot of Catholics in our church and I love it. But one of the things that I always constantly hear from the Catholic people is, Pastor Anthony, the reason why I'm walking with this church is because I can never live up to all the stuff of the Catholic faith. Listen, when you're coming into the Christian faith, there's nothing that you have to live up to, but there are some things that you gotta walk away from. You can't come to God in just any manner. You can't come to God with just all your craziness. Yes, you can come to the altar and God will forgive you, But there comes a point in time where you must grow in your Christian walk, where you must grow in your Christian faith, where you must grow in your Christian prayer, that your prayers go from this lullaby from when we were five and six years old, God, now I lay me down to sleep to, all of a sudden, now we're praying earnestly, now we're praying fervently for God to move and do something in our life. And the reason why I'm so passionate about this right now is because we need to fervently prayer, pray for our church we need God to do some things we need to see a miracle at Roar Church, we need some blessings to come our way, we need some financial blessings to come our way we need the miracle from from God, and and I'm not discouraged when I go through trials I'm not discouraged when when we don't have a building anymore, I'm not discouraged when we have all these things that we're walking through, because the one thing that I've understood is that I'm not walking by myself I am walking with the blood of Jesus, I am walking with, uh, with, with God himself. God has never left us. He's never forsaken us. But he is saying, when you come to my house, when you come to me, there are some things that you need to come to me. If you really want me to move, then you need to come to me with some earnest prayers. Woo, I feel like preaching. You need to come to me with some fervent prayers. Come to me with some passion. Pastor Anthony, why are you so passionate? the gospel doesn't take all that the gospel may not take all that for you but for me somebody that has been saved from a lifestyle that he no longer is in somebody that has been changed by God's grace it makes me want to be passionate about the person that has given me purpose if I can be passionate when I'm at a basketball game then I can be passionate for Jesus Christ. If I can be passionate when I'm coaching my son on how to do certain things, then I should be passionate about teaching the word of God. So we asked, and it says, so Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying. To have a life of prayer, there's one thing that you need to do. Pray earnestly. Write this down. Note takers are world changers. If you want to have a healthy prayer life, you have to learn to pray with passion. Second part of this, it goes on. And this is actually the title of the message. Even though I'm in point two, I would probably hear every Christian uh, naysayer say, what. You can't give the title of your sermon once you're in point two. That's in point one. Well, guess what? I have the mic today and point two is coming with the title of this message because this is the key to the message. It's not only were they just praying fervently. It wasn't that they were just praying earnestly. It wasn't that they were just praying passionately, but it says, but they were praying to God. And I want to pause right there, Selah, Selah, (laughs) whatever, however you pronounce the word, Selah. But they prayed to God. And I feel like as I was reading this this week, that it's important for us to teach and get an understanding of who is God because oftentimes when I speak with people, they have an idea of who God is. They have a formula of who God is, but very few are willing to know who God really is. Because see, the God that they're talking about here is a God that comes by fire. The God that they're talking about here is a God of righteousness. The God that they're talking about here is a God that's full of integrity. And oftentimes in our Christian walk, what we end up developing, because we stray away from preaching about fire and brimstone to preaching what will get more people into our churches, and what ends up happening is we get churches that grow in numbers, but we don't grow in the power of Christ, and so we have dead churches and the one thing that we refuse to be here at roar church in being a roaring lion is having the, the the church grow but being a house that is full of prayer but being a house full of prayer means that we have to be a house full of god and we have this idea of who god is we have created an image when we pray to God that this God that we're praying to is often okay with the lifestyle that we are living. We are praying to a God that's okay with having sex before marriage. We're praying to a God that says it's okay to, to sleep in the house with man and woman and not be married. We're praying to a God that it's okay to fornicate. Are we praying to the real, true God in those moments? Have we separated ourselves? Because the God that we serve, don't get it twisted, he was the lamb, but he was also the lion. He's the God of grace, but he is still the God of judgment. He's the God of heaven. But he is also still the God of hell. He is also the God that could spit in dirt and create a miracle for a blind man to see. He's the God that can step into your life here in this moment and change the course of your destiny and the miracle can come its way. But my question to you is, are you willing to sacrifice yourself and surrender to the one true God and not the idea of who we play God in for ourselves? And the title of today's message is, are you praying to a homemade God? You know, one of the things that I love about coming home, uh, Pastor Brittany, and one of the things I love coming home, uh, uh, Pastor Isaac, is when I come home, there are certain things that I love the way my mom makes them. You, You just can't, you can't get it anywhere else. There's a different formula when you buy something, but there is a certain taste when my mom makes uh, hot dogs with a a certain type of chili. And no, I'm not talking about Skyline and Gold Star chili because God knows I love that too. But there is a certain sauce here that she makes that they, they put their own little thing into it. But man, it is so good. There are certain things that I love about Brittany's cooking that nobody else can make. It's the way she makes it. It's homemade. It's tailored and it's fit for my pleasing. And oftentimes we are praying to a God that we have tailored and fit to our beliefs rather than us being tailored and fit to the beliefs of Jesus Christ. Come on, I wish I had somebody that would stand to their feet today and say, God, we repent. We wanna pray to the one true God. We wanna pray to the real God. We wanna pray to the God that changed our lives. we want to pray to the God that was that was beaten and bruised and, and murdered and in three days he rose that's the God that they were praying to the real God not the God of energy not the God of 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 these sound baths there is only one sound and that's the sound from heaven that can heal you there is only one sound that can change you And that's God's sound. He is a God of grace. He is a God of mercy. He is a God that is just. But He is also a God to be feared. No, I'm not living my life scared that Jesus is coming after me, but I do live my life in an appropriate way that says, man, if I don't do this. And it's not a works-based. I get so tired of hearing people say, well, Pastor Anthony, that's a a works-based. No, it's not. It's called, there are certain things that you've got to live to call yourself a Christian. Yes, we've been saved, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. But that doesn't give me the right to go live like hell. Grace is what makes me not want to live like hell because of what he did and what he'd paid through or what he walked through. Galatians 5.25 says it like this. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. What he's saying right there is there is a rhythm. There is a sound to heaven and you've got to keep in rhythm. You've got to keep in beat. You've got to keep in the cadence of what is going on. You've got to keep these things at the forefront because if not, you find yourself off beat. You find yourself playing to a beat that is not the beat of heaven, but it is the beat of what makes me feel good. It's a beat that is a homemade gospel. It's a beat that's homemade. It's not a sound from heaven, it's a sound from a person. We must keep our eyes on the cross. I always say this. Yes, your soul needs to be saved. But it is the transferring and the trans, uh, transin- transitioning of the mind that constantly has to renew itself every moment of the day. Not just morning. Not just night. But it is keeping in rhythm with the spirit. So that we will be not only in step with the Spirit, but that we will be led by the Spirit. We must keep our spirit renewed when we're praying to number two, to God. One, we pray earnestly. Two, we pray to the real God. He's a God that comes by fire. He's a God that will come by conviction. He's a God that will... will he, 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 he doesn't shame us, but he wipes away the shame. But he has this, this grace way of saying, hey, man, that's not right. You shouldn't be doing this. You shouldn't be doing that. Sin and compromise is the off-ramp to lead you away from what God is. I don't need to point out your mistakes, Everybody that's watching today knows the place that they need to grow the most in. But when you're praying, you better be praying to the God that I'm describing and not the God of compromise. Number three, in verse 12, it says it like this. We got a light moving or something. When this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. Verse 13, it goes on to say it like this. I just want to read this through. Peter knocked at the outer entrance in the servant name. Uh, Rhoda came to answer the door. When she came, she recognized Peter's voice. She was so overjoyed, she ran back without opening it and exclaimed, Peter is at the door. Living a healthy prayer life means we are to pray fervently, with passion. Pray earnestly. Number two, we are to pray to the one true God. And number three, we are to be in community. The reason why we're doing what we're doing, ROAR groups all across Ventura County, ROAR groups starting up in Orlando, Florida, Roar groups even starting up here in Ohio. The reason why people are gathering is because there is power in community. These people weren't just praying by themselves for Peter's release. No, it says that they were praying together in the house. Come on, somebody. I, I, I could I preach right there. I could pause right there and go to a whole nother thing. It wasn't in the church. It was in somebody's house that they saw one of the greatest miracles. They were praying with passion and they were praying with fear and trembling to the God that they knew that could deliver them. But they were also praying with people. If you wanna have a healthy prayer life, you better have a life of accountability. They gathered in the community. They gathered in community. They were in a house. When you want God to move on big issues, when do you ever really pray by yourself? Because here at Roar, if it's big to you, it's big to me. If it's big for you, it's important enough to come together with some people to, to agree and to pray and to intercede on that thing. Even with what Brittany and I do, there is not a day that goes by that Brittany is not in conversation with our prayer intercessors, Dr. Harold Kennedy and, and Mita. It is a daily thing that we are in conversation with them. And she's reporting back to me. This is what they're feeling. This is what they're seeing. This is what they're saying. And the same times, Brittany will respond to them and tell them, hey, this is what we're feeling. We come into agreement with people that will pray and cover us. It's called accountability. Because God, Scripture tells us, if two can do it, then three is even greater. So there's power in numbers when we come together. There's power in accountability. If it's important enough for me, then it's important enough for me to share with my wife. And if it's important enough for our marriage that it's something that's troubling us, then I'm going to reach out to have somebody else agree with me in prayer over that thing. You know, that's why we, we every weekend we, we post a thing. How can we agree in prayer with you? It's just not so we can just post a new a graphic. It's because we believe that prayer and numbers means something. Agreement in prayer means something. They prayed earnestly. They prayed fervently. They prayed with passion. They prayed to God not just to any god not the god that's okay with sin but the god that, that that has erectified us from sin the god of grace they're praying to the god of mercy they're calling on to the god that has answered by fire they're calling on the god that they've seen scripture and scripture and scripture an example after example that this god that we're praying for or praying to will and can deliver us But then it goes on to tell us that they were doing all this in community. Tonight, I want every person to stand to their feet. And I believe the key for us walking forward is to pray passionately. Pray to the one true God. But also learn to pray in community. Come together. Share the things that are, are that are burdening, bur, bur, birding, burden, burdening, 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 yeah, burdening you. I almost sound like my dad there for a minute. The things that have you maybe in panic mode. Share those things with somebody. Don't walk life by yourself. Don't walk with this burden. if we are brothers and we are sisters and we are the family of God, we don't shrug our shoulders off when you hurt. We come together and say, how can I pray for you? And it's not lip service, but it's doing exactly what Acts tells us here in Acts 12 and starts in five to pray earnestly, pray to God and pray in accountability. There was a great man in my life named Pastor Alex Klattenberg. You've heard me speak about him numerous times. But one of the great things that I always appreciated about him was his heart for prayer. You don't have to pray 30 minutes, Anthony. You don't have to pray an hour, Anthony. Just pray. Just talk to him. Man, it relieved me of so much religion because I thought, man, if I don't pray 20 hours a day, then I'm not living up or I'm never going to walk into the calling that God had. But this simple teaching of just just pray, just talk to him. And, And he used to say it like this. If you're really passionate about prayer, then it's not about how much time you're, you're speaking to him, but what are you speaking to him about? A lot of people pray at night and they often fall asleep in their prayers. I'm not knocking it, what better place to be than praying with Jesus in your sleep? Or we pray when things are going crazy and chaotic in our lives. And when we come to him with what we were passionately praying about, 30 seconds into it, we're rambling off 40 different other things. For the last couple years on my iPhone, I have this uh, thing that I pray through every day. And one, it's my family. Two, it's my marriage. Three, it's Roar Church. Four, it's Roar Families. And five, for me to constantly be near the cross. I want God to keep my heart soft that I never stray away from wanting people more than I want things for myself. And I constantly remind myself and pray over these things. And tonight, as we're closing, here's what I want you to do. You're with your church people, you're with your friends, you're with your family. Hopefully, you're gathered in a house and you're partying like crazy for Jesus. But I want you to write down five things five things that you want God to do in your life, five things that are are pushing against you that you need God to deliver you from or, or you need to see this miracle like they wanted to see this miracle. They gathered with their community. They gathered with people in somebody's house and they prayed fervently until the Lord would release them. And I come with a prophetic word that the very thing that you are praying for, if you will do these three things, the very thing that you are praying for will be knocking on your door. And the beautiful part about this whole thing is is when the miracle came knocking on the door. When the blessing was there knocking. While Peter was there knocking the the person came to the door. She didn't even open up the door. She got to the door and she said oh my gosh Peter's here. Peter's here. She forgot to even answer it. But guess what? It says when she walked away and she went back to tell the others Peter was still knocking. And I'm here to tell you that your blessing is still knocking. I'm here to tell you that your miracle is still knocking. You may try to run away from it in a a season but God says I am the God that will deliver you and I'm still here knocking I'm still here knocking I'm still here calling you haven't missed anything yet I prophetically feel this right now this is the Lord knocking saying you haven't missed it 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 but what you do got to do is you got to answer the door and answer the call And be that roaring church that we love so much. Father, I thank you right now for every person that's watching. I thank you for every person that feels near the cross or close to the cross or so far away from the cross. That your presence is overtaking every single person tonight. Father, I thank you that tonight is a night that our church becomes closer. That may be things that are going to be shared here in these next couple minutes when we close. Things that have been hidden. Things that maybe have been their struggle that they're finally going to open up and talk about those struggles and talk about those things. And as we begin to pray tonight and we earnestly pray, we passionately pray, passionately pray for our friends and their needs that you yourself, God, will come knocking on their door. Father, we thank you right now. We thank you right now. There's an old psalm before we close,
1: and it says, I love this next verse. It says, oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God. Powerful words.
0: Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what peace we often walk away from. Oh, what needless pain we bear. It, it, the pain that you're walking through is needless. The pain that you're walking through, you don't have to walk through it anymore. Because it's all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Release your burdens to him. Release your worries to him. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 says, come to me all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Psalm 103, 13. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. Hey, thanks so much for joining us today at Roar Church Podcast. We pray that today's message absolutely blessed you. Hey, there's many ways that you can help support this ministry and give to this ministry. And one is by texting the keywords give to 77977. Listen, we cannot reach people without your help. And this stuff doesn't happen without the support of many. So we thank you for partnering with us and we'll see you later.